0: Welcome to Reckoning. My name is Ingrid, and I'm starting this podcast to share open and honest discussions about our experiences with death. I'm hoping that as a culture, we can grow to talk about it without it being feared as a heavy, scary, and overwhelming topic. Let's talk about it more, get a little more comfortable with it, wrestle and wonder and ask questions. Let's reckon with it. We all have to deal with this aspect of life. We will lose everyone we know, and we ourselves will die. So how can we face this reality with eyes more open, with some grace, humility, understanding, and even appreciation? How can we embrace this aspect of being a human and use it as a way to grow, learn, and expand? The goal of this podcast is to turn toward these shared experiences, using our stories and collective wisdom to gain some courage and strength and skill to face it. I really appreciate you taking the time to listen to and have these conversations with me. Thanks for being willing to reckon with the topic of death and dying. This is my first recording, and I am going to interview myself first, and share my story in hopes that sometimes being the first person to speak in a group makes it easier for the next person to go, so I'm going to go first. I lost someone close to me seven years ago. Um, My father died uh, in 2011. Um, and he died from end-stage liver disease so essentially my story without going too long into the details is that um, my father I was living in Colorado and my father was coming out to visit me Um, and he told me that he needed a liver transplant and that he was pretty sick and I was lucky to still have him come out for that weekend. We had a really, really lovely time shared together. Um, We went to go see a concert by one of my favorite musicians, and um, it was really quality time with, with him, but I knew even then I could tell that he was sick and not quite himself. And then a few months later, I got a phone call that he was in the hospital, and I flew to Portland, um, and we were told that he was put at the top of the transplant list, um, but then within that process in which a hospital is determining who's getting the next organ donation, it was determined that he wouldn't survive a transplant. So then we had about a week or two weeks after that point (coughs) to spend with him. And so he went, requested to be back in his home, and as far as deaths go, he had a very beautiful one. Um, a lot of people came to visit him. People would fly out just for the day, several relatives came and stayed, we were all living in his house together, and a lot of people called to tell him goodbye. so in some sense he had a really lovely passing. Um, I was lucky enough to be there in the in the at exact moment in which he passed. My sister was on one side of the bed and I was on the other side and we were both holding his hand and, um, and we told him that if he wanted to go he could go and that if he wanted to stay that we were there for him Um, and then he took his last breath. feel very lucky in some sense to have witnessed that I know that sounds strange but you know in our culture I think a lot of times there's an avoidance of talking about death because it's frightening and it's we don't know what is happening but there are a lot of parallels between the birth process and the death and dying process and it one of them is this connection to a big mystery that we don't really know or understand and so when a baby is born there's this it's a miracle and it's it's a magical and incredible experience and I feel like death is the same way it's um, a reminder about how much we're not in control of and how little we are and how how much we don't know and understand Um, and I feel extremely grateful that I was able to be there with my dad in his last moments on this planet. It was the first time I had ever directly experienced death. I have lost grandparents in the past, um, but I was never there in those moments. Um, it was a life-changing experience for me. And of course, it wasn't just positive and beautiful. It was, you know, earth shattering in some respects. I remember afterwards, just going into the living room and crawling under a blanket and curling up in his chair and kind of wanting to just shut off and feeling very overwhelmed. And then something happened, a phone rang or I had to take care of something. Um, and then it was like, my life keeps moving I have to keep taking steps forward I have to take care of the living and take care of our responsibilities here and so there's that tension of we have to keep moving forward and we have to keep living our lives and we can't put everything on pause and so I, I think that's one of the challenging aspects of, of awesome it was for me the things that was really positive about my father's passing was that I did have a lot of time with him one-on-one to find some closure and say my goodbyes to him. I was doing some writing at the time and I, I got to read to him some of my writing and I don't know how much of it he was fully conscious of but he did put his hand on my shoulder at one point while I was reading, and it felt like a gesture of support and acknowledgement and love. And so I'm moments like that I'm very, very grateful for. And I was lucky that I was able to take so much time and spend it with him. I know that not everybody gets that. And, you know, we all have different types of loss and ways of losing people. And none of them are easy. This is one of the harder lessons, so to speak in life is about letting go and how to do so gracefully. So that's part of the point of this project is just to have us able to have conversations about it, I think is very helpful. I hadn't had many conversations about death until that point. Um, You know, I was relatively young. I was in my early 20s when he passed, and so not a lot of my friends had lost their parents at that point or people very dear to them. And so I just hadn't been exposed much to conversations around dealing with death and loss. In some ways, that experience has really catapulted my growth and opened a lot of doors for me to learn about how to deal with loss. <clears throat> I was really surprised. I was really taken taken unawares. I you know, of course I know that death exists and is real, but it was still an abstraction to me at that point. And I had no idea how to how to maneuver conversations with my dad while he was dying. I didn't know how to maneuver through conversations with my family members I didn't know how to talk to my friends about it afterwards and I didn't know how to really take care of myself during the whole process I don't think that is very healthy I don't I'm not blaming anybody it's maybe our culture in general Um, and in fact I feel like I came from a household that was very good about expressing feelings and having open conversation about yeah our hearts and our minds but even still death came as a surprise to me and the reason why that's not okay is that it will happen to all of us we will all die and everyone we know will die this should not be a surprise this is not something that we get to work around this is not some people get lucky and some people don't this is a fact of being a human being And yet we don't talk about it. And so we walk around in denial almost that it will happen to us. And so when the time does come, it means we're completely unprepared to deal with it. I find that unacceptable. I think we all have the capacity and the tools to come into an experience with death in which we are more prepared at least than we are now in general. Obviously, everybody is different. Some people have those tools, and that's awesome. And I just want more of us to have that. So for for a short time, uh, I have, in the past, I volunteered uh, with a hospice program, which I loved. Um, and a lot of that was inspired by my my experience with losing my dad. And some of those hospice experiences really taught me a lot about Facing and dealing with death, not just the person who's passing, but family members and loved ones around them as well. It just looks so different every time. You know, every single person's death story is just as unique as their birth story and their life story. And some people are ready for it and they embrace it and they're curious and they're, you know, they're reflecting back on their lives and what they've learned so far and saying their goodbyes. And some people are still in denial until the very end and resisting and afraid. And some people have lots of lovedoms around them. And some people are alone. And some people are profoundly spiritual in these moments. And some people aren't. You know, it's, it's all different. And the same can be said about grief. I would say, personally, my grieving process, with my father specifically, has very much been one of waves, there'd be waves of complete gratitude and such happiness about who he was and how grateful I am that he was in my life and all the things that he taught me. It's incredible to feel that connection with another human being. I feel so privileged and grateful that I loved my father dearly and he was a very positive person in my life. He, you know, he wasn't perfect and our relationship wasn't perfect. My parents were divorced when I was young and I didn't live with my dad. Um, and so for a long period of time, I only saw him on occasion. And and then for many years, I hardly saw him at all. Um, and as a family, we would Somewhat joke, but it there was some hurt too to this truth, which was that he was like fun dad, weekend dad, holiday dad, you know we'd go to Disneyland or go on a vacation or road trip um which makes it as a parent probably easier to be <laughs> seen in this you know joyful positive light as opposed to the parent who's like eat your dinner and do your homework and you have to you know go to school and you know lay the discipline but um Anyway, so I, I have a lot of really, really happy memories with my dad. So part of the grieving process has been positive and remembering those times and feeling grateful, but then there'd be these waves of complete sadness and loss and grief that I will never have those times with him again. It'll be sometimes a little thing that will sneak up, you know, like a song that I love and I really want to share it with him because we always talked about music. and. I know he would love it and he would probably look up and see if there was a concert we could go to together and it breaks my heart that I can't share that with him anymore and I'll never be able to go to a concert with him again another thought or experience that has been probably the most painful for me is recognizing that he won't be there for a lot of very important moments in my life aside from the little ones he I'm not married he will never be at my wedding and he won't walk me down the aisle or dance my first dance with me I don't have children yet and if I do he will never meet them it's things like this that are so devastating and really hard to swallow these people that we love and care about in our lives can't be present for very meaningful events and I I know that a lot of people might have a different perspective on that about whether or not they're still around and present to them but you know I'm operating under the very literal interpretation which is that he literally won't be there Those sort of waves of feeling joy and gratitude and then there'll be a recognition of yet one more thing in the future or at the present moment that he's not present for and that's that's sad. that I love about my dad and my relationship with him is that we would always have these great philosophical discussions and I have many memories in which I was going to school here in Portland and he lived in Portland and so we would get together pretty regularly, maybe once a month or every other month, and he would come pick me up on campus and I didn't have a car and he'd pick me up in his Subaru and Uh, It felt so exciting and great for me to get off of campus, and he'd take me somewhere in town. We'd pick up a copy of the Willamette Week, and we'd pick a restaurant, or we'd pick a a band, or we'd pick a, you know, a food or something that we wanted to go experience. I just remember being in the car with him, and we'd have these discussions about science, and politics, and music, and uh, philosophy, and ethics. He was always just so engaged in conversation. We'd go explore the city and we'd try new things and we'd discuss the food and whether it was good or if we liked it and, you know, he, yeah, he just had a lot of energy and enthusiasm for being alive and I inherited that from him and I'm so grateful for it. Yeah, he just had a lot of curiosity about quantum physics and quark theory, string theory, and stuff that a lot of it I don't fully understand. Um, But what was cool is he often brought this philosophical spiritual side to it too, which was an acknowledgement that there's a lot we don't know, and the more we learn, it doesn't always answer our questions, it just brings more questions, which is such a great process. And so when he died, I came from a background of that, like of a scientific inquiry. I remember being in awe of the fact that he wasn't there anymore in that moment. And knowing that it was something I I didn't know or understand. But one of the things that I think he and I had talked about years ago, before he had died, obviously... <laughs> Um, we talked a lot about energy and the concept that, you know, a lot of things are at different levels of energy, you know, so solid matter is molecules at a vibrational level, and whereas a liquid or a gas, you know, have more of a free-flowing molecular movement, different energy level, and so I just remember thinking about that quite a bit after he died, just being so curious about where did all that energy go? You know, here he was, this human being with a pumping heart and moving lungs and all of the biological processes that, that keep our bodies going, not to mention our minds and all of the thoughts and ideas and emotions and that all requires energy to happen. And then he took his last breath and where did that energy go? It doesn't just disappear. We know this. And so I really was comforted by and loved the thought of his energy dissipating into a variety of places and into space. And one of the things that I loved about him was this ability to have a discourse and a questioning of life and the universe and why we're here and how we got here and how things evolved. And so it was neat to apply some of that thinking to his death. But again, sort of that bittersweetness of I would have loved to have discussed it with him. (laughs) So after he died, he was cremated, and most of his ashes got buried in a family plot up in the foothills of the Sierra Nevadas in California, which is a beautiful place. But also, those of us that wanted were able to take some of his ashes and scatter them, and I scattered some of his ashes in the redwoods. which is a place that he had always loved, and he would take us there as kids. But I also spread some of his ashes near Mount Hood, near the Salmon River, because we had had, you know, our time here in Portland um, together, and sometimes up in the Mount Hood area, skiing and hiking. And and so, you know, I, I know this isn't literally how it works, but there was something so comforting and beautiful about being able to spread some of those ashes, it felt like, again, that sort of dissipation of his energy into these spaces that he loved and are beautiful. I just love that imagery of this energy and this matter that used to be in the form of my father, now are in the form of trees and fish and air and sunlight. And that, that to me is a really beautiful manifestation of the idea that people often say, which is that they'll always be with you. And, you know, they're there looking out for you. I have a hard time thinking of it as like, he's up on a cloud watching. But I have a very easy time thinking of it as his energy and his particles are just recycled into different spaces, some of which I... We'll cross and interact with again um, just in a new form and that is just very comforting to me I don't I don't believe he's completely disappeared I think he's just recycled <laughs> is that I am not an expert. I'm not here to tell people how to grieve or heal or what death is or isn't. My main goal with this project is simply to create space for us to share our stories about death and dying and from that collective experience enable all of us to feel less alone in facing the challenges of grief and loss. Thank you for listening, for being brave and vulnerable, and for your time. Any questions or comments, please get in touch with me. I'd love to hear from you and perhaps share your story too.